Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Super excited for today's conversation. We're going international today, friends. Normally we have guests from across the states, but today super honored to have a guest from the Netherlands, Ian Borkhead. He leads C3 Rivers Church. This is a fantastic church, and I'm really looking forward to hearing more of his story, particularly as he talks about his own journey to health. He founded a coaching ministry called Grow a Healthy Soul uh, after his own experience with really just you know terrible burnout. Uh, they offer resources and we want to make sure that you get plugged in with them today. Uh, Ian, welcome to the show. So glad that you're here. Good to be here, Rich. Well, I'm glad that you've uh, that you're on and that we can connect across such great distance. Tell us about C3 Rivers Church. Give us a sense of the kind of the climate. What's it like to serve in the Netherlands? Yeah, tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, we are a, a church in Arnhem, which is a city of about 170,000 people in the east of the Netherlands, close to the German border. We have right. a lot of uh, international students, a lot of young people. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's quite a few uh, modern churches here, also very traditional churches, Reformed churches. We're more Mm -hmm. in the modern Pentecostal uh, area of of church life. Right. Love it. Now, is it true? Is this, I remember talking to a friend, I think it was in the Netherlands, where we were talking about like donor stuff and all this. And there's like the state church gets like taxes or something like that, but then you guys don't or some, how does all that work? There's like a, you know, there isn't there like a state church in the Netherlands. Is that true? Am I, am I thinking about that right? Or am I not, uh, not thinking about that clearly? No, I don't think that that's true. It it was true. Uh, (laughs) It was true years ago. Yeah. Like definitely a century ago. So, um, but no, that that's not the case. Um, it might work differently with tax deductibility. I think, oh, in the Netherlands. Right. for example, um, when people give to the church, then uh, they can deduct taxes. And in some places like the UK, the church itself can deduct taxes. So that those are right. some differences. Okay, cool. And g- give us a sense of the spiritual climate. I'm not sure why my brain like went sideways on uh, money stuff. I'm not sure why I jumped there right away. But tell me about uh, you know the, the the spiritual climate of the Netherlands. What that what must that be like? My assumption is that the Netherlands is a post-Christian kind of more maybe even pre-Christian kind of community. Not the kind of place that people go to church all the time. A, a tough place to serve. Give us a bit of the history of of C3. How you've been serving there, and talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, the, the, the Netherlands is a very secular, has become very secular place, mm-hmm. you know, with mm-hmm. a lot of uh, secular um, uh, ideologies and um, mm-hmm. uh, very similar, I think, in that case to, uh, to America. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, there's a lot of uh, things happening politically with uh, mm-hmm. new parties rising up. And, and, mm-hmm. and so uh, there's, however, more openness, especially amongst young people towards mm-hmm. uh, Christianity. Love it. Because for them, it's not so loaded anymore like their parents' generation. Uh, you know, they, the, the parents mm. were used to more religion and they might have left the church because of religion. And 
the younger generation is is more definitely more open uh, uh, towards it. Mm, okay, cool, cool. Well, t- let's talk a little bit about. I know ultimately today we want to talk about your own journey to health and uh, you know some kind of a tough season that you went through. But why don't we take a step back? Tell us the, your kind of personal journey there. So, what led you to the place where like hey, you even realized maybe I wasn't in a healthy spot. <laughs> you know, what? talk us through that a little bit. What was what, what kind of precipitated that? What came before that? Yeah, well, naturally, I'm a very driven person. And what you often see with people that get uh, burnouts, they have a certain personality type, mm. uh, you know, the, the type T person, like which T stands for tension and um, <laughs> or D, which stands for driven. Right. And, and so you got... Two kind of people, George Meyer um, is always saying, like, you have people running ahead of God or people running behind God. And I was in the first category. And, mm. you know, and that's all fine and good if, if you keep that up for a few years. But um, what about if some crisis hit you or if there's mm. a, a layer or stacking of multiple, multiple challenges, then, you know, I was just um, doing too much in my own strength mm. and not living within healthy limits, mm-hmm. uh, God-given limits enough. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think the final straw was the corona crisis mm-hmm. where many people, they said like, oh, this is quite nice to slow down, you know, and be, be in the home a lot and <laughs> do a lot of reading. But for me, re- leading a church was just very, very challenging with all yes. the different opinions like, about masking or not masking, vaccinating yes. or not vaccinating. And it's like yes. whichever position we chose, there was always someone not agreeing. Yes. Uh, and and so uh, that, yeah, that, that I think that was the final straw. But I, I, I went through it on adrenaline. Mm. Uh, and adrenaline is, it's, you know, it's a chemical thing. It keeps you going for so long until right. it basically runs out and then you collapse. Mm. And that's what happened mm-hmm. in my case. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I, one of my very distinct memories during Corona was I was on a, a video call and I remember this and I was feeling exactly what you were feeling. The like, gosh, we are like running in a million directions here. We are pushing hard. We're trying to figure out how do we reach people. And I remember this other church leader said, you know, maybe this is the Lord season for us to take a rest and to slow down and to relax. And I was, I remember thinking inside of me, I was like, what? Like, what, what is happening? Like, what, who are you? Like, what, how can you say that? It's crazy uh, to think back to that. Uh, you know, you said something there, running ahead of God. That's an interesting statement. Tell me what were some of those signs when you look back on that, that you would say, oh, I was running ahead of God. And, you know, because there might be people that are listening in today, or I know there's people that are listening in today that would say, no, I'm not running ahead of God. I'm just driven. I just, the Lord's just, he's got a lot of plans. We want to push forward to help us understand. What did it look like when you look back now and say, ooh, I was running ahead of God? Yeah, I think it's good to be an achiever. And, Mm. you know, God definitely works through people. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes God is waiting for us to do something. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, if you are an achiever and in my case also perfectionistic, mm-hmm. then what you want to do, you just want to always improve things, even at the detriment of your own health or your own mm-hmm. merits or the raising of your kids. For example, in preaching, you know, I was always trying to improve my sermon preparation and mm-hmm. then thinking of some other example on Saturday and trying to add that in and 
really supposed to be around the family table, but not really being present. I mean, I mean, I was sitting there mm. in my body, but my mind was somewhere else, and mm. and just never really being content. And mm-hmm. I had to learn to be uh, content and and to press the pause button or or, mm-hmm. or the stop button on Friday evening, and mm-hmm. and just let the Sabbath be the Sabbath. You know, for me, I'm mm-hmm. not religious about the Saturday having to be the Sabbath, but I do believe in the principle of of having one day where you can uh, delight in God and and enjoy your family and and just slow down. But it was very. I, no, I knew it in theory, but uh, mm-hmm. in practice, um, I didn't do it. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so bring us back. We're you know we're in the middle of the Corona crisis, and you know things are are you know tough. You're. It seems like every answer is not the right answer. Uh, was there a particular breaking moment where you said, "Oh, okay, like this, I have stepped on it here. Something has gone." sideways is just a moment or you know a series of things that you look back on and um you know kind of indicated oh something's in an unhealthy spot i need to change what's happening here oh yeah like as often is the case with burnout is that people tend to not notice the signals until they've uh you know they're too far gone and when you're too far gone it becomes suddenly really obvious to yourself and to those around you like for example i remember I started crying out of nowhere uh, for mm. seemingly small, small matters. Mm. Um, you know, like I, I, I developed uh, back pain, which at first I thought was physical, uh, mm-hmm. but it turned out not to be physical, but emotional. Uh, mm. It had an emotional cause. And, you know, eventually I, I couldn't think straight anymore. I couldn't even make small decisions about church life anymore. Hmm. And and so it became apparent to myself and to those around me that I needed a, a serious break, you know, right. uh, and, and to just rest first and recover mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then to work on the underlying issues because there's always underlying issues uh, mm-hmm. that that are there, but that you've kind of covered over with working hard or just trying to ignore things. And But it's like, you know, it, it's like a, a leak in your roof. If you're trying to ignore it and put tape over it, well, eventually it will mm-hmm. just grow bigger, and and you will uh, <laughs> you will start mm-hmm. uh, seeing the flooding uh, of of the rainwater come in. Hmm. Wow, you know I, those are are interesting kind of side you know um, signs in your own life. You know, I've heard people say similar on the emotions issue. It's almost like the opposite end of that same spectrum, where it's like you. I've heard people who've gone through a similar experience say you know, I stopped feeling anything where it's like I would be at a funeral and of a dear friend and didn't feel anything. It just was like, this was another day. You know, it's the opposite of crying at everything, but it was having some sort of an emotional, you know, the back pain one's interesting. Uh, Talk us through that a little bit, a physiological response to an emotional, spiritual pressure that you were feeling. Talk us through that. Yeah. You know, in hindsight, I'm so happy and, and glad with how God has designed us as a triune being, you know, body, right. soul, and spirit. I never yeah. really uh, saw the connection because I I compartmentalized things too much in terms of, for example, the body. I thought if I have back pain, it must have a physical cause because I can feel it in my body. Yes. Yes. You know, and as I went to the hospital and we did x-rays and blood tests and the works, and basically they said, well, 
you have normal abnormalities. <laughs> which, yeah, which, because they said if, if we scan a 45-year-old, like if we scan 100 people that are 45 years of age, then uh, 33% of them or something will have these kind of abnormalities. Okay, so, okay. Right. But it doesn't explain the severity of your back pain. The, the thing is, mm. I had such severe back pain that I could not walk for longer than 10 minutes without having mm. to sit down. Oh, um, my goodness. I could not lie in bed uh, without waking up uh, from the pain. I had lots mm. of nights where I, I just had hardly any sleep because I was in pain all the time. Hmm. Um, I when I was sitting down, I, I had to stand up again after ten minutes. So it's like when this what they say to people with back pain: what is the best position? The next position. So <laughs> I was always trying to find the next position, and and everything in my mind was convinced this is a physical problem, right? Right. Or it could be spiritual. Maybe it's mm-hmm. demonic or something. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've I've mm-hmm. learned that. Um, in the in the spiritual realm, there can be things that c- cause you uh, physical pain or sicknesses. Sure. sure. And so yeah. I was focusing on these two areas. So either mm-hmm. going to a doctor or asking for prayer, you know, and, mm-hmm. and doing spiritual battle. What mm-hmm. I had never considered was that the cause for my physical pain could be found in my soul, and mm-hmm. that my body is simply um, expressing a pain. My body is like a prophet. I think Pete Scazzaro says your body is a major prophet. So, you know, my, my body knows first what mm. my mind knows later. And, mm. oh, and, and so I had to discover that my body was just um, uh, giving me pain because mm-hmm. I was having a lot of um, anger inside mm-hmm. of me, to be honest, but I did not mm. allow myself to feel that anger. Because being a good Christian, you cannot possibly be angry with friends or family about certain issues. You cannot possibly be angry. So I had hidden it away and my body started to express it. Hmm, interesting. Well, you went into rest and recovery. So what, what did that look like? How, what were some of those? Was there a breaking point that led you to that? Or, you know, what, how did you, you know, how did you, how did it come to, you know, that you understood? Oh, like, hey, I've, I've got to make some changes here. Yeah, you know, eventually um, I I broke down because of lack of sleep. Uh, okay. Yep. The the pain was so severe that I did not sleep well for months in a row, and that you know if you if if you sleep not well for a few nights, that's one thing. But if it's months in a row, all the while staying busy with work and and family life and everything, mm-hmm. then eventually uh, it just had such a negative effect on my marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife found it very difficult to deal with me. Uh, I did not know how to deal with me. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, it, it just became apparent, you know what? I need a mm-hmm. break. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So what did that early rest and recovery look like? How, do you, how, do you, how does someone who goes from, hey, I'm running ahead of God. You know, I'm an achiever. I'm a person who wants to get things done. Uh, I'm asking for a friend. How does a person like that rest and recover? How do you take a pause and say, hey, I, I need to slow down? What'd that look like? Yeah. Well, uh, in that case, uh, I am an all or nothing type of person. So that did help me. Either I'm doing mm. everything or mm. I'm doing nothing. <laughs> so 
I I would just um, yeah I I just announced to the, to the team and the church like I, we need a break and fortunately we are in a church movement which is really like a family to us so we have right. a lot of people around us that that could help us or pray with us or you know just be there for me and mm-hmm. um, and so I uh, laid down my responsibilities and uh, and we focused on just resting. And, and working on things in our merits and working on things in my soul. So I hired a coach in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had online Zoom coaching, but honestly, yeah. it was like we were sitting in the same room. It was just incredible. Mm. Mm, it's amazing. And, um, and eventually, um, I also stumbled upon a, a book by a Dr. Sarno about healing back pain and mm. how you can get physical healing by working through emotional uh, issues. And that uh, that helped me incredibly to um, yeah to work on my uh, emotional self. So to just basically um, become more self-aware of how I'm thinking subconsciously, because a lot of things are happening in the subconscious, but we need to uncover what's happening there. And well, basically it took ten months to to rest and then to wow. work on some things, and 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 eventually I. Uh, uh, yeah, my back pain disappeared completely, and hmm. I, I I knew where things came from. And we hmm. had some marriage therapy as well, and you know we uh, we could start afresh. Hmm. Fascinating. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot we can unpack there, but I know you know just even in my own life. You know, there I, I I will have its upper back pain or or kind of in the you know when I'm stressed out I can you can physiologically feel it you can feel the kind of tension and it makes sense that if you hold that for a long period of time the impact it's going to have on us. When you say, you know, there was a ten month period there, uh, so like were you out of doing church stuff for that that length or did you take a break or how did that look like? What that look like? Yeah, well, I was uh, in uh, like on staff full time, and uh, uh, but I, I went on full time sickness leave. Uh, okay, and, and so yeah, well, I, we spoke with the board, and and they were really yeah. understanding. And uh, we have great. A, a great board that uh, they said, look, you know, your health is is yeah. the most important thing. And we also yes. have great associate pastors who said, look, we yeah. will look after the church during your absence, and and so. Uh, I'm really, really glad with with uh, these people. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. What a, what a gift to you, and and you know that's an encouragement I think to leaders who are listening in. I, I sometimes think we we don't. Um, it's like we underestimate how much people want to care. You know, the people that are around us who are will rally in a moment like that and say, "Yeah, like I." I, you know, they love you dearly and they want to support you. They want to, in this case, you know, you had a group around you, Ian, that wanted to say, Hey, we'll, you know, we'll help. That's uh, yeah, that's great. Exactly. Okay, so, so then how did you, you know, you come out through this experience, obviously there's, a, there's rest. I love that you, you know, and there's a lot we could talk there around the back stuff and you, you start finding a place of, of health and, you know, in a better spot. Well, you can't just jump back into how things were before, you know, you have to, you have to change and the way you serve has to change. Can you talk us through what that looked like? Yeah, I think it's really important to take the time uh, in the valley to eat all the grass that's growing there. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's good. I love it. You know, as, as driven people, even in a burnout, driven people can still be driven. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they want to get out of the burnout, you know, and they, they want to get going again. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but my coach, he shared something with me that's really um, helped me. He said uh, his estimate is that one third of the people that he's been coaching, uh, they they have trouble after working again, uh, and hmm. and they can fall back into a second or a third burnout. Wow. And uh, he didn't say this to say how bad of a coach he was, <laughs> but, <laughs> but as a warning, he said yes. as a warning, he said you need to really apply the lessons that you are learning here in the valley. And you need to take the time, as long as it takes, to um, get them deeply ingrained of you because it comes from a deep place. The reason why you burned out, it comes from a deep place of some um, convictions that are based on lies, uh, some ambitions that are based on, 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 uh, you know, on, on an identity that's not rooted in Christ enough. And so you have to work on the root system and mm-hmm. take the time to do that. Because otherwise, once you start working again, it's very easy to fall in the same traps or old tracks. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Okay, so what, we're, we're in that phase when you weren't just kind of jumping to let's look at what's next, but you were taking time to try to examine, were there any particular learnings for you or you know any convictions that came through even extending that and continuing to say, hey, I want to, I don't want to just jump. I want to make sure that we're, you know, I'm stepping in a healthy way into what's next. Yeah. Well, one area I can mention is, is uh, embracing limits and that God has actually put limits in everything, in creation. You know, the mm. oceans have limits. Uh, the day has a limit. Uh, every everything is limited. We are limited mm-hmm. by time and space and and so and energy. So uh, just embracing how God has has wired us. It's I think mm-hmm. that's just that's just key. That's just mm-hmm. very important. And then uh, to live like that uh, and mm-hmm. and consciously make a decision. I'm going to be present in the moment. Now some mm-hmm. people they are uh, uh, moment people, so they can be really there in the moment. And other mm. people, they're always like, especially visionaries. I think they're always looking mm. at the next moment. <laughs> yes. So for me, as a visionary, I I had to just learn to enjoy the moment. So, for example, uh, during a meal time with my family and my children, mm-hmm. I am there. I'm not mm-hmm. somewhere else. I'm not with other people, or I'm not at uh, tomorrow's meeting. I'm mm-hmm. sitting here right now with my wife, with my children. And we're going to have a great meal and a great conversation. Hmm. Hmm. That's really cool. Love that. Love that insight and love, you know, I, I think so many of us could learn that, uh, you know, and do that more even in this, you know, in these days. Well, what what changes ended up shifting in the, on the church front? How did you, obviously, you're, you know, you're still leading the church. You came through this. This is the part that I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm excited about. Sometimes people go through these experiences and their conclusion at the end is, Hey, I, I just shouldn't be leading in the church. Like I, I, you know, I should do something different. Um, and that that's okay. That's a, you know, that's not a, that's not a criticism, but we need leaders like you who have been able to go through that and then come back to the end of those things and say, oh no, I'd like to continue to serve here. So um, talk to us about, you know, what, what changes have happened on that front? How have you now um, been able to structure your life and the church's life in a way that that maybe is more conducive to health going forward. Yeah. 
Well, you know, I, I, I understand it likewise. Like you were saying, if some people, they, they make a different choice. And I think it's always, always looking at, um, you know, walking it through with God and praying about these things. You need right. to know that you know that you know that you're still called for this time and place. Um, but, uh, at, uh, you know, at the same time, when you're starting again, uh, it's really, really important to stay with the new you and and to uh live out of that new you and that mm, means good. that some people um they will have to get used to that and the church will have to get <laughs> used to that because in the past you might have been more accessible but you mm. went ac- across your own boundaries too much so mm. uh you need to actually teach people who you are now and that right. means that uh you're making some shifts in your availability uh, and then that also means uh, just letting the body of Christ be the body of Christ. So it's very, very important that uh, we involve the fivefold ministry. You know, uh, I'm more of an apostolic type person, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I discovered, for example, during my burnout that uh, I'm not a shepherd, but I'm called pastor. Well, that's mm. confusing in people's minds. Mm, okay, and yeah. so we had to look at um, the fivefold ministry and appoint people as a pastor so that the church knows this is a pastor and you can expect shepherding from them. And, mm-hmm. and um, this person here is an apostolic visionary and this person is a prophet. And so uh, those things really uh, helped the church, I think, to understand who is who. Mm-hmm. Love that. And and what so... That that's really super practical. Any other kind of shifts when you, as you got clearer around the fivefold kind of approach to ministry, that um, you know that that impacted. Obviously, we're talking about Ephesians four. You know uh, that sh- it changed just even how you operate as a leadership team. Yeah, yeah. We we look at leadership now quite differently. I think we come for, we came from a church culture which was quite hierarchical. And um, with a lot of organization, I think too much organization. So we started to look more (laughs) like a company or a factory and less like a family. Mm, Well, when I look at the scriptures, you see that whole language of of family. Uh, You know, we're called each other's brothers and sisters and God is our father. And and so there's more family language in the scriptures, I think, than organizational language. Mm. But we were Mm. just functioning like an organization and we had too much distance between um, leadership and church members and so we Mm. actually went through quite a transformation in um, discovering afresh what does the bible say about the uh, the body of christ so Mm. we're moving now from a vision of being a house of god to Mm. being a body of christ where there is less distance between leader and church member uh, and then there's more that can also create more team transparency where everyone, including the leader uh, or leaders, mm. can be vulnerable. Mm. Uh, and I think that's very important in, in this day and age where you see just so many leaders on a pedestal and then, right. you know, they cannot live possibly up to people's expectations. So what they do is they then have some hidden sin or whatever to try to cope. And then the thing collapses, you know, and there's just too many church scandals. And I think it can have to do with, with this aspect. Hmm. Yeah. Priesthood of all believers. I love it. This is, uh, 
This is great. I'd, I'd love to unpack that, what that's kind of looked like. And I, I agree. I think there's an interesting thing, um, you know, in the in the Protestant church and the broadly Protestant church, you know, evangelical world, you know, charismatic world. We, you know, we, you know, you know, I'm, we're historically, we corrected against what some of our Catholic brothers and sisters, some of their, you know, their worlds. But then what has happened is the, one of the weird trickle downs from that is instead of having a Pope somewhere, we have a whole bunch of mini Popes who are people who we look at as if they have some sort of completely different connection to God than the rest of us. We, you know, we look at them as, and and that could be, you know, a lead pastor, could be a teaching pastor. We look at them in this kind of like, they're different than everyone else, which is not a very biblical view and has all kinds of negative outcomes in people's lives. So let's unpack that. What does that look like to be less like a factory? I like that. Less like a factory, more like a family. Uh, let's talk about what some of those changes have looked like at C3 for you. Well, one thing that we did, and I'm not saying every church needs to do this, but we felt about saying that to us was to remove titles and the use of titles. Uh, so, you know, we called everyone who had a serious leadership position in our church, we called them a pastor, you know, so we... Yeah. We had a worship pastor, kids pastor, mm. youth pastor, etc. Yeah. Even though they they might not even be a pastor, as in they might not be a shepherd, but they might be prophetic right. or or something mm-hmm. else. But somehow we call everyone a pastor, and then um, that created a, a distance between mm. church members and 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 these pastors. And so we said, look, what we need to do, we need to focus on function and not on title. Mm. Mm. And, and we need to realize that everybody has a very important function in the body of Christ, whether you are the liver or the right toe or the eye or the nose. <laughs> Love it. You know? So we, we're, we all have a different function and yeah. no one is more important than any other people. So you can just call, call me Ian. You know, I'm Ian and I happen to have an apostolic function in this body. And and some people are afraid that that um, uh, you know that the culture of honor disappears if you do that and everything. But you know the Bible says that we need to honor one another. So I think mm. if I as a leader, if I honor mm. other people, then yeah. they will be honoring me. And so mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I don't think we have to be afraid of that. And I think it creates more health overall in the body of Christ. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I love that. I love, you know, clarifying. Did you, what about your experiences, the kind of weekend experience? You know, there are, um, in the way we craft what we do regularly that can sometimes reinforce values that we actually don't believe. Like we actually, if we were to step back and say, what does this communicate? We, well, that doesn't actually communicate what we think. Uh, and it sounds like you've gone through a season where you've thought carefully about that. Have you made any changes to what you do even on a regular basis? Yeah, we have made very, very significant changes because mm-hmm. we used to have church services that tick like clockwork where everything was planned on the minute through different run sheets. And there were like three people basically on stage determining uh, the content of those 90 minutes. And, yeah. um, and, 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 and we felt God challenging us to lay that down. Mm-hmm. God saying to us, look, if you want to experience what the body of Christ is like, then you need to let the body be the body. 
Uh, and that means that you need to uh, get more people to participate, even spontaneously. Wow. You know, yeah. and I was, I was at first, I was like, whoa, you know, but God, what if they will say crazy things or what if, you know what? We have, we have actually laid things down and we have um, said to people that they can participate in, in bringing mm-hmm. a testimony or a prayer. And mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. seen, we have seen the Holy Spirit at work and um, people encouraging one another. And if something, mm-hmm. if someone says something weird and someone else has, has gently corrected it or, you know, we have seen that the Holy Spirit is perfectly okay when <laughs> we involve more people in a, a church gathering. And, and so now we, we have what we, uh, what we call open gatherings where, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, where there is, I mean, there is someone who opens the meeting and, and you know, sets the tone. But then we we basically say, look, let's pray. And if God brings something on your heart, then we can pray for that right away. And mm. it's just been amazing to see what's been happening there. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. Like the, the Holy Spirit's n- not nervous about what's going to happen. Like <laughs> I yeah. love it. That's yeah. he doesn't freak him out. He's he's okay. He's good. He's good. Yeah. Love that. Now, so what's the impact been on the community? Like. I uh, lo- love those changes. It reminds me um, early on when I was first a Christian, I was a part of, uh, in this part of the world, it's called the Plymouth Brethren Movement. And there to this day, they still very much, it's like you go to the breaking of bread service, they would call it. And it's, you know, they wait in silence at the beginning. And and uh, and then, you know, as the spirit moves, different people are sharing scripture and maybe giving a word, you know, that kind of thing. B- beautiful, a beautiful experience. If you, if you haven't experienced that and your only, only experience is the run sheet world, uh, man, you, you're missing out on something, but what impact has that had on the church, you know, from an in, you know, in reaching people point of view, all that kind of thing. What, what's the, you know, or, or, and, or I'm, maybe you may even ask the wrong question, but you know, what, what's that been like in the life of the church? Um, well, at first, people had to get used to it because, sure. you know, uh, we come from 12 years of the leader saying where we are going. And, right. you know, so people have been kind of waiting for me uh, as the leader to say, we are going to do plan A. Right. And then they're going to rally behind it. But now uh, I've said, look, what is God giving as vision? What, what is God? Uh, yeah. What is he giving as, as a vision to this body? Right. So basically, we allow for more initiative to come from the community. And, mm. and so that is taking some time, you know, to, for yeah. people to grasp that. Like, hey, I can actually run with something that... And, and, and for example, what we've seen happen is that someone has said, look, I, I have a ministry in the prophetic. So I'm going to mm-hmm. train other people how to prophesy over mm-hmm. each other and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i haven't asked them to do that uh, it's not been something that i have been rallying people for but they have started that out of their own accord wow. that's uh, great yeah and so th- those are the things we want to see happen uh, mm-hmm. of course you know within the values that we have as a church community but not with a lot of control or a lot of top-down leadership or instruction but rather uh, the other way around a bottom-up grassroots uh, movement as I think the church is supposed to be, which is the priesthood of all believers stepping into their God zone. Interesting. That's cool. I love that. That's, uh, you know, so fun uh, to hear. And 
Uh, there's a lot we could unpack here. I know that there's a, you know, there's a ton here that the idea of moving from, you know, a, a factory to a family and, you know, there's a lot we could unpack uh, on that for sure. Um, what would you say to a leader who's listening in today who would say, you know, kind of pivoting back to the individual who say, hey, man, you know, I'm, I might be burnt out. I'm, you know, I, I, I might be in that uh, situation where uh, I don't know that I know yet, but I could be heading there. <laughs> um, what right. would you say to them? What would be some of those initial steps that they should be thinking about or, ta- or steps they, they should be taking? Yeah. Well, definitely to slow down. Uh, then to talk to someone, you know, a, a trusted friend or, uh, or a coach or someone that is recommended to them mm-hmm. and um, become more aware of their inner world. So their subconscious world. So I think I sent you some, some questions. Which yeah, is, yeah, we've got that PDF. We can put it, in, we'll share it. Yeah. In show notes. So I was going to ask you about that, but let's walk in. In that download, if, if people just uh, look at those questions and they sit down and, and, and they take the time to honestly ask themselves these questions that can uncover some subconscious processes because a lot of our uh, actions uh, in life are subconsciously driven. And so mm-hmm. you need to slow down to get to that point and, um, and then you will know why you do things. And that's mm-hmm. often more important than what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's, friends, I would encourage you to you know look on your show notes, click that, download that, uh, this is a great resource that you've provided. I, I really appreciate this. There's, uh, yeah, as I was preparing, looking at some of these questions, I was like, oh, these are good questions that I think all of us should slow down. Uh, and like you say here, quality, not quantity. Like, let's actually, let's actually answer the question. Think about it. Um, love that. Love that. All right. Well, as we're kind of wrapping up and, you know, landing the plane here, um, you, this is, you know, you've ended up pivoting and, and launching a ministry to help people. Uh, why don't you talk to us about that? What does you know grow a healthy soul look like? To give us a sense of of how that you know how that ministry helps people. Yeah, well, I, I just have a heart for leaders, leaders in the church world, but also in the you know in in the secular world. Uh, and grow a healthy soul is about the soul of the leader, and it's Ooh. it's my own story, of course, getting in touch with my soul and with who I really am and uncovering emotions and subconscious processes. And I I see so many leaders, um, they look at certain metrics in their life, like Mm -hmm. church attendance, salvations, finances. And I think we can look at other health metrics. Mm. And I I believe that the health of the organization comes after the health of the leader. And so, of course, they're connected as well. So we need to talk about these things and, and prevention is better than cure. So uh, if people check out my website, growahealthysoul.com, they will mm-hmm. see some uh, tools. They will mm-hmm. see podcasts, um, mm-hmm. mostly in the English language, but there are also Dutch episodes uh, in between. Mm-hmm. And, and that is there just to help them uh, grow a healthy soul. Yeah, so good. I, I would encourage people to to drop by, take a look. Again, we'll link to that in the show notes, but it's just growahealthysoul.com. You know, I, I love your heart there around, hey, we don't, it doesn't, it seems like every leader I talk to goes through a season like this, and that doesn't need to be the case. Like we could proactively, and I've seen this particularly with young leaders 
who, you know, are proactively working ahead to say, hey, how do we ask these questions, pace our lives? Sure, still having impact, still leaning in and asking, hey, how can we reach people with the message of Jesus? But, uh, you know, there was a previous generation that it feels like it was all about like, you know, burning out for Jesus. And we don't need to be like that. We can, uh, there's a different path. And so, Ian, I really appreciate that you are, uh, you know, just clearly pacing that out for us. Uh, any kind of final words as we wrap up today's episode? Anything you'd like to say to us just as we wrap up today? Um, I think it's important to talk about it to people, you know. So sometimes right. we as leaders, we tend to feel maybe embarrassed or ashamed. But I, mm. I think people respect us more if we are actually open about the things that bother us. And uh, what's important is we need to look at the person behind the pastor and at the life mm. behind the leader. And and so I'm a person before I am a, a pastor or a leader. And and um, and we need to basically demystify leadership and, and, and make it more personable. So just be mm. a person and talk to another person and and, and share the things that, that you want to share. Mm. So good. So good. Ian, I appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much uh, for caring for us and for taking time to help us today. If we want to send people online, where do we want to send them? You know, give us the website for the church and, you know, Growing a Healthy Soul, any place on social media, those kind of things uh, where we could be following along, uh, tracking with your story. Yep. My website is growahealthysoul.com and my mm -hmm. Instagram handle is my surname, Borkent. B-O-R-K-E-N-T, and then G-A-H-S, which stands for Grow a Healthy Soul. Love it. Love it. So good. Thanks so much for being here. Really appreciate you being here today, sir. Pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.